Welcome to the Career Change Podcast, where you'll discover the frank and practical advice and resources that are already proven to work in the real world when it comes to changing careers or figuring out what business is right for you when you are a smart but likely also stuck, overwhelmed or overthinking person in your mid-30s, your 40s, your mid-50s. I'm your host, Ricky Hansen, a career change advisor, entrepreneur and former corporate HR professional with over 15 years experience of helping thousands of people just like you identify Identify or create careers or businesses that are both meaningful and future-proof. Welcome home. Hey, it's Ricky here and welcome to episode 16 of the Career Change Podcast. In this episode, I really want to talk to you about one of the most debated concepts that smart people they often come up against in their careers, and which is not necessarily just something that happens because you're wanting to change careers or start a business, and that is the famous imposter syndrome or fraud syndrome. And I really want to talk about why it doesn't have to be a showstopper. And you'll discover that you're actually in very good company if you suffer from imposter syndrome. But we'll also talk about how it can actually give us vital information about why you might find yourself repeating a damaging pattern or behavior that results in making your career transition much harder for yourself and how we can start changing that. And this kind of self-awareness is essential if you want to move on with more ease and you want to learn to trust yourself more. And I'll tell you something, I actually always feel a mixture of relief and excitement when I come across clients who have this tendency Why? Because to a large extent, if you are suffering from imposter syndrome, that just means that you are super smart and accomplished. However, your problem is that you just haven't gotten into the habit of owning, identifying and internalizing your achievements yet, which gives us something very specific and very concrete to work on. Because part of the solution to managing imposter syndrome is also at the same time a fantastic way to empower and fast track your career change, your business efforts. And that sounds like good stuff, right? So let's get into it. What we first and foremost want to talk about is what is imposter syndrome? Let's define imposter syndrome as it's traditionally done and coined. So we can give you a chance to see if it might also be impacting you. We can do some diagnosis. Now, please note, we are not talking about a psychiatric disorder or a mental illness here. Imposter syndrome is not recognized as such. That's not the degree we're talking about. Rather, imposter syndrome tends to refer to a pattern of behavior that results in certain experiences that can negatively impact your career and sense of self. So the good note is that we can already start addressing this right away. And then secondly, what we're going to talk about is that exactly. How do you manage it? How And that's really, how do you manage it? How do you handle it? Because overnight eradication is not a thing when it comes to imposter syndrome, because you've been doing it for many years, likely already in your existing career as well. So what's important is to replace it with a new pattern of behavior. And I'll share with you exactly what's worked the best with my clients, with my career change clients. And more specifically, I want to share with you a powerful daily habit that you can start right away to start handling, to start managing imposter syndrome. And it's what I call the own it, as in own it habit. 
And it will really help you identify, own, and internalize your achievements. Because here's the thing, just because you're moving into something else does not invalidate who you are and all the great stuff you are doing and have done so far in your career. All right? So let's go straight into defining imposter syndrome. And what I'm going to want to do is I want to read aloud five statements to you. And for each statement, I want you to think about where you might sit on the scale of, do you strongly agree that this statement, it describes you? Or do you strongly disagree? Maybe think of a five-point sort of sliding scale. Do you strongly agree with the statement or do you strongly disagree? All right, don't overthink this, okay? (laughs) Statement number one, if I receive a great deal of praise and recognition for something I've accomplished, I tend to discount the importance of what I've done. Statement two, I tend to remember the incidents in which I have not done my best more than those times I have done my best. Statement number three, I'm disappointed at times in my present accomplishment and I think I should accomplish much more. Statement number four, at times I feel my success has been due to some kind of luck. And statement number five, sometimes I'm afraid that others will discover how much knowledge or ability I really lack. Now, Maybe they should have come with a hypochondriac alert. I'm not so sure. But those are just five out of 20 statements that you will find in what's called the Clance Imposter Phenomenon Scale, the CIPS, which was published by Pauline Clance in 1985. And it continues very much to be the scale of choice for a lot of researchers investigating imposter syndrome. So you can always Google Clance Imposter Phenomenon Scale, CIPS, if you're really keen to get really hypochondriac with this, but I think those five statements probably will help you understand where you sit. And what's interesting is that that scale was actually developed by the person who discovered initially or coined imposter syndrome. And that was that happened back in 1978. There were two female clinical psychologists at Oberlin College in the US, and it was Dr. Pauline Clance and Dr. Suzanne Imes. And they Identify a group of individuals who were characterized by an inability to internalize their achievements, as in own their achievements, and who also tended to discount any achievements or credit in them to luck or good timing instead of merit, and who also had a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Hmm, does any of that sound familiar? So those three factors feeling like a fake, you know, discounting your achievements and maybe crediting luck rather than your achievements is very much what the clans imposter phenomenon scale tend to look for. So just think about whether any of that sounds like you. Do you tend to feel like a fraud? Are you afraid people are going to find out what you don't know? You know, you're going to be outed. Do you tend to discount your achievements and sort of think that most of the good stuff you've done is probably just down to luck or who you know? Then you very likely suffer from imposter syndrome. And to be honest with you, a lot of the very smart people that I've come across, they feel the same. They don't feel credible enough. They're worried that they don't have what it takes. They're afraid of being found out. They're afraid that that people are going to find out that they're really nobody special. And that's what's interesting is these actually tend to be people who've been in their industry for years who are highly successful. So what's so interesting is we're not just talking about career changes. So just get that. When Clans and Imes, they first um, happened to come 
happened on the imposter feelings um, when they coined the imposter syndrome. The study they did was a study of 150 highly successful female doctors, lawyers, social workers, and university professors. So these were people who were already highly achieving in their field, who should have loads of evidence of how credible they were, but they just didn't own it or internalize it. So here's a good thing. If you're suffering from imposter syndrome, you are in very good company. You could literally Google who is suffering from imposter syndrome, and you will see loads of very famous, highly accomplished people coming up. So it is, it is something that you are not alone in feeling. But now that we identified it, then let's look into what is solution? How do you handle imposter syndrome? And like I mentioned at the beginning, what's so great to a large extent about imposter syndrome is that the problem of imposter syndrome also implies its solution. So we will talk about how can you handle it? How can you manage it? Because like I mentioned before, overnight eradication is not really a thing when it comes to imposter syndrome, because you've likely been practicing imposter syndrome behavior for years, right? It probably didn't just happen yesterday or the day before. It is likely something that's been following you in your career for years um, and not just to do with the fact that now you're transitioning to something new. Most of the clients I've come across, it was already rearing its ugly head, even in the career they were already bloody good at and known at. So let's start by rewiring your neural pathways to notice the good stuff that's happening in your life, in your career, and even more importantly, get into the habit of taking ownership of your achievements, identifying, owning them, internalizing them. Because remember that study shows again and again that people who suffer from imposter syndrome, whenever they have some kind of win or achievement, they tend to discount it. So maybe they thought it was a fluke or just due to luck. Or in a lot of cases, people, when they have achievements, it actually makes them feel worse because they're so afraid they can never replicate that again. If you can relate to that, again, there's a very big chance that this is the imposter syndrome that's playing you know, you up. But what's also interesting, and I really want you to listen to this one, on the flip side because this is very much how a lot of people realize they have imposter syndrome, is that when it comes to failures, so the opposite of achievements, and when when it comes to failures, people who suffer from imposter syndrome are the first people who would put up their hand and go, oh yeah, I messed up, I take full responsibility, and I really, really noticed every single um, you know, failure or things that I didn't did, right? Clearly, that was all my fault. That I will take all credit for. And I'll even take credit on behalf of the entire team. I'll take one for the team. It was all my fault. <laughs> Does that make sense? So achievements, you know, you don't really take credit for that. And probably just fluke a lot worse with like failures. Oh yeah, that was all your fault. And you really notice those, <laughs> right? You might recall these two statements from the Clans Imposter Phenomenon Scale. I tend to remember the incidents in which I have not done my best more than those times I have done my best. I.e. you discount it, right? Or this one, I'm disappointed at times in my present accomplishment and I think I should have accomplished much more. I'm raising my hand with that last one, by the way. It's like never enough, right? That's a really hard one. Self-flagellation here. Um, So like I say, if I'm inside of your head right now, which 
If you are a regular listener of the Career Change Podcast, you know that I spend a lot of time inside of your head in these podcasts. I really want you to know you are not alone. This is what's happening, but let's do something about it. Like I said, a lot of my career change entrepreneurial clients over the years, they've had these imposter syndrome tendencies. So I knew early on when I started working as a career change advisor back in 2005 when I started my company, I knew early on, pretty much as soon as I started working with smart people and I noticed the imposter syndrome and all the you know, all the negative effect it has, I knew, okay, I need to start finding a way in which I can help my clients start collecting evidence to the contrary, i.e. to start noticing when they're doing things right, when things are going right, when they're achieving, when they're winning, to start noticing, owning, and internalizing those achievements, right? Because if you don't get into the habit of doing that now, then you will feel like you have nothing to offer and that you're just going empty-handed into what's next. And that is not a powerful way to change careers or to start a business. And it never has to be the case. Nobody ever has to go empty-handed in. So you don't need, clearly don't need help, you know, looking at what you're not doing or what you're not doing well enough or where you mess up. What we need to do is let's start identifying. Notice the good, owning your achievements, owning your wins. So here's how we're going to override that drive to discount or to feel like a fraud. We're going to collect evidence to the contrary. Um, I'm a big lover of words. And one of my favorite words is incontrovertible right? Incontrovertible, not able to be denied or disputed. You know, you cannot fake it. So we're going to look for incontrovertible evidence that actually you do have what it takes and you do have that every day. So we're going to, the action here is we're going to start a small wins habit, a small wins habit, or what I call it, the own it, O-W-N, own it habit. We're going to start by crowding out all of the imposter syndrome patterns in your head and in your behavior step by step, day by day, and instead getting used to identifying, celebrating, and thereby internalizing, owning your achievements on a daily basis. So here's what I want you to do for the next three months at least. Every workday, at the end of every workday, I want you to write down one small win or achievement from that particular day, right? You can use the word achievement or win. Sometimes when you bar set really high, I find that win tends to seem less intimidating, right? But they pretty much mean the same thing. Um, Even though achievements can sometimes be more when there is a clear before and after, but pick whatever feels right for you. Because I really want you to get used to noticing and identifying even the smallest wins and the smallest achievements you have on a daily basis. And it can be a mixture of maybe something you're doing in your current job, your current work scenario, or it can be from your career change, from your business project. Depending on what stage you're at in the career change process in starting your business, it can be a mix. Depends on how far down your line you are. So an example could be today I made an offer to a potential new client for my new business, or I wrote a bio for my new website, or I organized Zoom tea with Julia, who has great connections in the Paris finance world, because that's maybe where you want to get into, whatever it is. But try to think, was there a before and after? You know, what was the thing that you really moved the needle with today? And honestly, some days it might just be, I got out of bed and I went to work. That was the win especially during times of pandemic, for example. But it was just a very clear something that you can celebrate that moves you forward. Get into the habit of doing that on a daily basis from now on. And hand on heart, 
you know, if you are high achiever and your bar set really high, I know this exercise is going to be painful because you're like, ugh, but I haven't done anything special today. It wasn't good enough. But I promise you, you get used to writing down even just the smallest achievements and that will help you get a lot better at identifying the bigger achievements when they come along and internalizing them and celebrating them. That's absolutely key. So start with that every workday from now on. You write down one small win. Okay. Don't set the bar too high. And the second thing I want you to write down is another kind of win. And that's what I call an objective proof or historical win or achievement. And that's a win that was confirmed by someone else or where you have some kind of clear external proof that something happened. There was a result, right? A before and after. So it might be a thank you card or a thank you email or it could be an appraisal, you know, written a verbal, a project review, an email that you got where someone else pointed out something, or it might be where you written down, you know, the project you worked on, what happened, what you worked on. There's real proof in the real world. And this will really help you build up what I call a proof folder over time here. So if you're finding it really hard to give yourself credit, start by looking at and noticing when others they do, both on a day-to-day basis, but also go back historically and do that. And and for a lot of people who suffer from imposter imposter syndrome, this is actually the easier way to start. As you know, I used to work in HR. So, you know, the appraisals that you would have, maybe your managers, did they say something like, you know, Martin is really the glue that holds the team together or John's negotiation skills are second to none, whatever it is. Just notice what do other people also notice incontrovertible? It's there in writing or an email you got from a client where they really thanked you for what you did or there might have been something that was in print or it's now a project that's out there in the world. Just notice what is something that is actually a proof objectively somebody else gave you or it's something you can look back historically over a project that you did. This is really important so you have both the day-to-day and moving forward, getting used to identifying and noticing things as they happen, but also go back and build up your historical proof. Now, not you, you really... This is so important, even when you want to transition into something else, because just because you transition into something else, it does not mean that you will stop doing what you are already bloody good at and what other people notice and you need to know what they are. That is key ammunition for anybody who wants to change. I spend quite a lot of time on these kind of things inside of my courses because they're so, they're so important for your confidence moving forward. And not only does this habit, the own it habit, help you notice what is working and give you proof over time that it wasn't all down to luck or fluke and that you can keep getting wins, keep getting achievements, but it also, and this is like the the great thing about it, it also helps you squeeze out the most of your current career or work scenario as well as help your career change. And here's what I mean by that. If you know that from now on, you're going to have to review your wins or achievements for the day in the weeks and months to come. That should encourage you to actually plan to do things to actually be proud of and to ask to be involved in interesting projects or train for things that will help your career transition, that will help your business, right? What have you got planned? that you can actually be, that you in advance can get excited about and be proud about and have wins and achievements doing. 
this is so important because right now you might be in the scenario that I see a lot of people in when you're so unhappy in your career or in your current job or work scenario that you just want to hide away, you want to coast, you want to autopilot, and hence feel like you have nothing to be proud of, no achievements. And the longer you stay there, the more that spiral of imposter syndrome or low confidence just help, you know, goes down and down and down. Don't let that person be you. Or if you're there, the own it habit will help you get out of that spiral and help wiring your brain to noticing the good stuff and help you get in. This is so important because yes, you do want to change careers. You want to build that business, whatever you scenario you're in, but don't get let your current scenario erode everything that you need. Make it, ha- you can actually use it to build the confidence, to build the wins that you need. Don't let that chance pass you by. And at the same time, counteract imposter syndrome. Hello. (laughs) So this habit can really help you both in terms of handling imposter syndrome, but also to start doing things that'll help you recall and achieve and notice and build more confidence. And how good and powerful is that? I really want, as you know, I say this all the time in the Career Change Podcast, I want this to empower you. This is, don't discount this habit start it right away. As difficult as it is, stop being so hard on yourself and instead start doing hard things. Now, what's a good time of day that I recommend that you write these down? It's like I mentioned, I suggest it's the end of the workday. So do it last thing before leaving work. And it can also be really powerful because almost like a closing down ritual where you're like, I've done enough for today. This was my win. And that's a really good way to end your day because most people who have imposter syndrome, they will just keep beating themselves up even after the workday. They didn't do enough. There wasn't enough. They aren't enough. So let it be enough. Finish your workday with a positive win, the one from today and the historical one, and then put that baseball bat away, okay? Every workday night for the next three months and onwards, because I think you're really going to love this. Last thing before you leave work, right? Write down one small win from today and one historical slash objective win. Start building that proof. Remind yourself of that proof, the historical and the daily. And like I said, I promise you, get used to writing down even just a small achievements and you're going to be able to notice and create the much bigger one when they come along. But most importantly, own them internalize them and celebrate them. Let's override those imposter syndrome tendencies one win at a time, whether it's a new win or historical win. All right. I'll see you over at the careerchangepodcast.com for more. Make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter over there at the careerchangepodcast.com so you don't miss out on any special podcasts or any special stuff that only my subscribers, they get to hear about. Remember, You've already earned the right to be here. You've already got what it takes. You have and you are. You have lived credibility and lived experience. So get used to identifying, celebrating, and thereby really internalizing and owning your achievements and your wins. Here's the great thing, the gift about age. You've already got years worth of goodies to start digging into, my friend. So own it. I'll see you over at the careerchangepodcast.com. Thank you so much.